What's up, party people? This is Chris DeRose and Emma. No, I'm just kidding. This oh. is this is Dan Anderson, <laughs> and this is the inaugural episode of a yet to be named podcast. Uh, I also go as Droplister. You may see me in Slack chats or on Twitter. And uh, here I am to make a podcast for you. And so today's podcast is titled Bitcoin Girlfriend, because it's well known in Bitcoin that when you come to the mountain, you must lose your job and break up with your girlfriend or have her break up with you inevitably. That seems like the right thing. So naturally, the first episode of this yet to be named show is an interview with my girlfriend, Emma. Emma, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Emma. (laughs) Great. So, we've been together for like four years, Yes. and I thought we'd have a show or chit-chat where we kind of talk about what it's like to be a Bitcoin girlfriend. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a Bitcoin girlfriend? Yeah, just love being called Bitcoin girlfriend. What terms do you prefer? What pronouns do you like? <laughs> well, we'll just go with that because it fits the theme. Okay. <clears throat> So for starters, let's start with maybe what you know about Bitcoin. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything I know about Bitcoin, I pretty much heard from you because no one else I talk to knows about Bitcoin. But sometimes I read stuff about it. Like, where do you see that? One of my friends posts like Facebook articles about Bitcoin and I read them so I can talk to you about it. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Wow. The secrets are, that we're going to reveal on this show. huh? But that's literally one person. Uh, that's my, it's like, not, not a lot of people in Bitcoin. Hundreds of Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So this is, we were talking about before we started the show, how this is a bit like of a gonzo journalist kind of thing to do. But you, I want to talk for a second. This is a total diversion, but I want to hear about... Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about first, uh, we were talking about the, the Dr. Ruth show. Yes. Like that call-in show. And yes. you, you had some you had some interesting background on her that I haven't even heard of before. She definitely like fled from the Nazis or something. I'm looking it up right now because I don't want to miss. You don't want to go on the Dr. record? <laughs> no, because it, it's a really cool story and I just want to make sure I have it right. All right. Well. Wait. Oh, geez, there's like three people that just stopped listening out of the five at total. <laughs> yes, she was born in 1928 in Germany. It's loading. She has a lot of books. <laughs> Background. Well, the bottom line was the cool thing about her was that she, she fled was, the Nazis. Yes. She was sent dildos. to Switzerland by her mother and grandmother as part of the kinder transport when they let children leave. And her father had been taken by the Nazis. Um, so she lived in a safe haven with a hundred other Jewish German kids that was made possible by some Swiss activists. Let's see. Um, she ended up growing up in an orphanage and her parents' letters stopped in 1941. She learned her parents were killed in Auschwitz in 45. She went to Britain at 17. And then it goes on about her the first time she had sex under a starry night on a haystack without contraception. <laughs> She's not happy about it, though. <laughs> I, I expect most women aren't happy with their first time having sex. No. She, she's also only 4'7". 
All right, so <laughs> that's a little... Uh... Oh, wait, wait. And she was trained as a scout and a sniper in a... I guess you know what I had heard not that. quite an Israeli army. Seriously wounded by a shell um, during the Israeli Independence War in 1948. Now that you just said that, I have heard that she was a sniper. Which yes. Is, what a weird life. Yeah. Um, she came to the States in 1956 and moved to Washington Heights. And she still lives in Washington Heights, actually. Okay. Well, maybe we're, we're yeah. in Brooklyn, so maybe we can check in on her sometime. That would be the most amazing thing ever. Did she? Um, nope, she's still kicking. Okay. Well, I just thought that would that would be a good way to break the ice because I've never been up, you know, we've never done this before. This is a first. And uh, just to kind of get into it now, uh, let's slide over to what you know about Bitcoin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask okay. you a series of questions and uh, just to test your knowledge of Bitcoin. As you said, most of the things you know about Bitcoin, you've heard sort of like from me. Yes. Um, and... You haven't seen this list of questions I'm about to ask you. Is that correct? I have not seen the list of questions. Okay, so let's let's start with who created Bitcoin? Satoshi. And what do you know about Satoshi? He has been like missing, I guess, for seven years or something. He's probably dead because you don't like go missing for that long of a time without being dead. People have tried to like fake his identity. There was that guy earlier this year who was like oh i'm actually satoshi like lol and he's not because that just seemed like bullshit um you're, you're you you thought it was clear to you that that was bullshit it was clear okay instantly clear Are you yeah the, <laughs> for the people listening at home like <laughs> was it not clear to you guys bitcoin like, girlfriends no definitely <laughs> that a fake satoshi is a, is a fake satoshi <laughs> i do know and for the for the listeners at home that can't see, uh, Emma really does not like being called a Bitcoin girlfriend. It's it's like a lame term. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks, honey. You're welcome. So question number two. Um, do you know how many Bitcoins there will ever, ever be? Is it like 25 million? It's 21 million. Very close. It was close. And how many Bitcoins do you think are in existence today? Um, is it 11? No. 11 million? Maybe it's six million. The answer is around fifteen million, but okay. you know we're just we're not trying to embarrass you. Well, just I'm, I'm to see thinking what you know. about the miner. Pardon? The miner. The miner. Yes. <laughs> Remember that that sits under our bed. Oh, <laughs> that's a side story. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get into that. We'll get into your perspective <laughs> of my um, your Bitcoin perspective. evolution. <laughs> okay, that's that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> Um, so let's see here. Do you know how much time there is between blocks? It's like a minute, right? No, seven seconds. The answer is 10 minutes. Oh. Um, this, this next question is a daily double. Um, do you know what the current price of Bitcoin is? Um, is it in the 300s, 350 maybe? The price currently is around 420. It's coming down a little bit. People are really mm -hmm. freaking out. There's a situation, but yes. we're, we're getting too far off. Um, I want to stick with what you know, just okay. to, because I think it's interesting. Um, in your opinion, what is Bitcoin good for? It's good for buying things that you don't want to be traced. Or it's also just nice to not have to rely on banks for transactions um, and to store your money with banks. Just kind of 
having more control over your assets. Great. Okay. Um, and in your opinion, why does a blockchain need blocks? I don't know. Okay. Good I, answer. That's a good like, answer. I also don't care. <laughs> Which is what we're talking about in this I show. Know. Yeah. How, you know, there is a real discussion in Bitcoin and it comes up a lot. It's almost like a meme. But um, if you're a Bitcoiner, you're probably a man. Yes. You're probably a single man. And if you started out not as a single man, you're likely to become a single man. And maybe at the end of this podcast, we I will be a single man. <laughs> this is a uh, the risk we take here for you, listener. I'm going to put up with it for a while. I think I'll get through this podcast. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to I move on now because we've sort of established now sort of like what you know about Bitcoin a little bit. Um, now let's talk about your perspective of me as a Bitcoiner. Okay. And um, I'm wondering, like, if you if you remember the first time I encountered Bitcoin. Um, vaguely. I remember when you started talking about it a lot because talk about that then. it just never kind of stopped, actually. Um, so when we were living in Amherst, you started bringing it up a lot because you wanted to buy some things and you're like oh like that much bitcoin or like i could pay for it in bitcoin but that that's like way too much bitcoin that would equal like i don't know like seven dollars a tab or you know for whatever we're well, buying we, we may have to <laughs> for a <laughs> tab of soda a, you know that soda brand tab that women's soda yes yeah okay just to be clear we drink a lot of tab <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you're like oh that's way too much for the amount and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> at the time, I had, I, I had, I had heard about Bitcoin, and I was interested in buying some soda. And when I looked at the price of soda, um, something it was funny because when I first saw Bitcoin, it was like I thought it was a wooden nickel, and I was like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like it's just a wooden nickel, but I'm cool with that. And then I went to look at the prices of things, and. Um, I could get a can of soda like cheaply from a store or I could buy it on this like weirdo website with Bitcoin and it was like a 5x markup. And I found out in retrospect that the reason that was the case is the price was like rocketing up at that moment and the sellers hadn't changed. They hadn't adjusted their prices. It was at a time where like um, things were priced in a static. Like right now, if people price things in dollars and then the Bitcoin price fluctuates and it gets re readjusted, but at that time, it was sort of like static. But we're getting we're getting away from the <laughs> yeah, topic. Yeah, so you brought it up then, and um, you never really stopped talking about it. For which I apologize. And that was like four years ago. And now we're podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what brings us here. And so... And so and I've never stopped talking about it. And it's true. Like, I, I really have a hard time not talking about I it. I mean, I've walked my way into a podcast now. So <laughs> it kind of, it just, there's something about it. Uh, and the reason we're talking is because, you know, I'd like to get your perspective. I think it'd be interesting. So in your opinion, as you watch me Bitcoin, um, how would you say I, how much, how, how much time do you think I probably work on it or what do you think I'm doing? Um, or? I think most of the time you spend chatting with other people about it. 
um, you know, you're trading it, checking the prices, checking the markets, like, you know, the way people interact with stocks. Um, yeah, but I think you're mostly like chatting. This is true. Everyone that listens to this will know that's true. <laughs> well, there's only so much you can do. Like, you can only look at the numbers for so long and then you just like talk about it. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, could you name any companies in Bitcoin? Um, I keep seeing them because I'm like looking for jobs at startups, but I've like, isn't there, there's like Coinbase, um, that Factum, Ethereum, those are some of them, right? Mm-hmm. There's counterparties like kind of along the lines of Bitcoin. It's like tangentially related, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, any of those sort of altcoin companies, um, Bitbase, I think is one. I'm not familiar with Bitbase. I don't know if that. that I, I don't one. know. It might have just been something I saw in passing, but yeah, it's, um, I know Overstock accepts Bitcoin because their CEO is like a, a prepper. <laughs> this is true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Did, I, 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 I. What? He has like a stockpile, right? Actually, he's given like all of his employees a stockpile. How does that work? Does he have a warehouse and they they have I, like a claim on the warehouse? I don't know. I think so. Maybe he just like gave everyone like a, a box of like supplies to like put in their home. Oh, but something like that. Like he's a, a prepper and they accept Bitcoin. That doesn't really sound like the activity a CEO should be doing. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, CEOs do a lot of weird shit, so. That's true. Um, so we've kind of gone over... And again, I'm new to podcasting, so it, bear with us. But we've kind of gone over what do you know about Bitcoin, um, sort of generally our relationship. How about this? So one of the things that's happened lately um, is we were out at a bar and um, I was getting into an argument about Bitcoin with somebody. And as we left, you you basically told me, like, you need to chill out on the Bitcoin arguments. And um, let's talk about that. I'm going to say they're not arguments because to have an argument, someone else has to have a point to argue and you try and frame them as discussions, but no one can really keep up in your discussion. So you don't really engage. You just kind of talk at people about Bitcoin. You're just, you get really preachy and it's frustrating because it's like, I hear this all day and our friends are just like, what? Like, I don't, it's not that our, our friends are stupid. It's just a concept that people aren't familiar with and it, it's just all you talk about like they know that dan talks about bitcoin all the time and like any kind of lull in the conversation will be filled by bitcoin and it's just like dude like i don't want to hear about this i don't want to talk about it like or let someone else talk even if someone has an opinion or a question you just kind of overlook it to just kind of rant on about whatever i, I only listen half the time honestly <laughs> This, I mean, I, I I hear you, I hear you, and it it's it's hard for me not to do that, um, because there is so much misunderstanding or like non-understanding of Bitcoin mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm constantly having to argue that it's like a a thing worth caring about, because it seems like to me when I have talk, conversations with the people, like this they start from like I don't care, and and the way I feel about it and the reason I'm so interested in it is because it seems it seems like maybe like the most important thing of like the 21st century right now. 
And I I know that's how you feel, but it doesn't need to dominate every conversation all the time. It's like proselytizing, which bothers me. Well, there's there's also a discussion in the community about the fact that um, Bitcoin or money in general is a religion. What do you think about that? Yeah, but you don't need to be the preacher. Well, maybe I should put down the microphone. <laughs> you know, it's just like, sometimes you, I, I don't want to hear about it. Not everyone wants to hear about it all the time. And you can bring it up and you can talk about it. And all our friends know what Bitcoin is now because of you. But you just tend to dominate any conversation around it in a way that's really frustrating. And you get kind of aggressive. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to hang out with you. You're kind of mean. So the one we were also after this this happened this conversation um where you asked me to to chill out on bitcoin um we were at a party another party and bitcoin came up <laughs> and i saw it like i didn't it was not me that brought it up somebody else brought it up and i saw it like i saw it coming i saw i saw the bitcoin conversation coming and i removed myself that from the so room that's so stupid because it never no one asks about it no one brings it up organically it's always you and the one fucking time someone brings it up you walk away and it's like are you kidding this is your moment well you asked me specifically not to get into bitcoin arguments because they're not arguments when you're the only one talking about it this is fair it's fair. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, there's a tension in our relationship, and Bitcoin is one of them. And that's again a theme, <laughs> a theme for most Bitcoiners. Yeah, um, because what? it's all you talk about, and sometimes you know your partner doesn't want to talk about Bitcoin, and you have a one-sided conversation with yourself while there's another person sitting with you, just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is fair. Oh, I see. Well, we have we're talking about it now. I know we're working it out. Yes. So, you know, what would Doctor Ruth say to somebody? Probably go have sex. <laughs> 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 we're like, you can't fuck a Bitcoin. <laughs> Although you guys would probably enjoy that. Oh, this is amazing content. I love it. Um. So. Yeah, but, but so is the secret to to having a girlfriend and being a bitcoiner to simply not talk about bitcoin is the first rule of bitcoin to not talk about bitcoin (laughs) i kind of like that rule it's not gonna happen i know (laughs) it's just like moderate yourself like i don't you know like i like a lot of crap i know you don't care about but i don't talk about it all day to be fair when we're when we're out and about i have i talk about it less but with you specifically I continue to talk about it a lot. I know. <laughs> it also may be a function of the fact that like I don't leave the house. So I think it's definitely part of it. Like this is the community you interact with and this is what you talk about all day and you're filling me in on your life and you know what you're what you're up to. And like I admit I'm not really the chattiest person. Like I'm not you know going to start conversation about, you know, whatever but dan will fill that void with bitcoin which is good and bad you know like i don't always know i guess we will find out (laughs) (laughs) um but you know it's it's nice to talk about other stuff that's not bitcoin 
it's just so ironic that we're having this discussion. What can you do? Okay. No, I like it. The contradictions are good. I think contradictions are good. There's a lot of people in Bitcoin who, like, when there's a contradiction or, or they uh, they freak out, but that's how things develop and move forward. It's through sublimation of contradictions. Um, now, I'd like to talk about less about us because it's it's getting a little heated. <laughs> it's getting a little bit like we, this might be the end last podcast show, but also the end of our relationship. So let's. Oh, let's, you're being a little dramatic. A little dramatic, a little drama queen <laughs> over here. Let's let's wind it down. And um, I want to talk more generally now about women in technology because they're so. I did this thing where I sent a gorilla token to a bunch of Bitcoin addresses in Counterparty, and I made the description um, a link to a Google survey, and it was like a demographic survey, basically. So I spammed everyone, and then I got like 100 responses. And I don't know if I showed you these stats or not, but it, basically what we found out was that there was no women that responded. Like there was, mm-hmm. I think the numbers were like, 90 to 95% men, there were some transgender, there was some gender fucks, there were some very, I basically I found a list of the most politically correct list of genders possible, and I put that out there, and um, not a single woman responded to it, um, which is fine, it doesn't mean they're not there, but what do you think about women in tech, and do you think there's, do you think women are actively kept out of technology? Um... I, I'm not really much of a woman in tech. I can't, I'm not, I don't have any kind of like background in this. Like I'd like to be a woman in tech, so to speak, but, um, I'm not right now. So, but I think, I think a lot of it, um, kind of keep themselves out just because it's not a notoriously safe space. Um, and I know people are like, oh, safe spaces are bullshit, but I think the, a lot of history kind of shows us that it's not like that whole Gamergate thing, that thing with Ellen Powell and like lots of other women who have tried to speak out in the tech community who have just really been like viciously attacked, you know, may- maybe not physically, but you know, when you get like hundreds of people tweeting at you that like they're going to rape you and fuck your dead body, you don't really want to hang out with them. Well, I don't, Ellen Powell showed up to censor, like she showed up to Yeah, to but censor. the response to her was violent okay like you if she shows up to censor you you don't need to retort with i'm gonna rape you that's fair yeah there's there's a there's a level of discourse that is um so this is actually a thing that we've been talking about lately and it comes up a lot around the show bitcoin uncensored shout out to that show um they they get a lot of crap because they're not like professional enough or something like that Mm -hmm. or but anyways um but what i've been talking about lately is i think that sometimes that like trolling or like sort of not safe for work language is it's used to keep people out on purpose um what do you think about the idea of like community moderation um i don't know i'm not involved in a lot of like online communities i don't know but i'm not really fluent on the issues associated with that i mean 
like some i don't know i guess some moderation's okay it's it's hard to say it's like i don't know what needs to be moderated i think people should be able to kind of you know moderate themselves a little bit don't threaten people you know that's doesn't seem like a weird thing to moderate like you shouldn't have to moderate that or like hate speech like that's not nice let's not do that you know but i don't I don't know what needs to be moderated or not moderated. I think that's a good point. It's well said. Um, that's something that, because one of the things that's happened in, in Bitcoin is basically if there are certain people in companies um, and groups, did you shut off your mic? No, I was just checking. Oh, okay. Um, and they'll they'll kick somebody out. But like, you can just make a new username and come back. And so often. But what are they kicking people out for? Oh, usually, usually for not being professional. That's kind of that's dumb. Like there's unprofessional people in professional positions all the time. Hey, like that guy running for president. (laughs) Trump. (laughs) Trumpzilla. Trace Mayer is uh, been up in the Bitcoin core slack lately. If anyone else is uh, from the Bitcoin core slack, uh, Trace Mayer has been talking about Trumpzilla a lot. It's a good name. It's really funny. Um, let's see here. Maybe we should wrap up. Like maybe this is a good a good think, starting yeah, place. Sure. And I I just want to talk more yeah, as I outro, but like about what I'm hoping to do with this show, which still has no name and maybe will ne- ha- never have a name. Um, but I'm looking to talk more to people that aren't Bitcoiners, um, because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of Bitcoiners talking to Bitcoiners who talk about Bitcoiners who hate Bitcoiners. <laughs> And if you're Bitcoining and talking to only Bitcoiners and kind of sucked into this like black hole vortex of Bitcoin, you guys need to get out, talk to some people. So I'm going to try to talk to non-Bitcoiners to get, you know, maybe not always talking about Bitcoin specifically, but for a Bitcoin audience and kind of inject some, uh, some fresh air into the, into the room, hopefully. So stay tuned.